Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How's it going, folks? Enda here. So this is a special podcast series that we're going to be launching over the next couple of weeks on The Huddle Breakdown. It is a road to the title. So obviously Celtic are in the driving seat right now for the SBFL title, but the title is not won. There are still five games to go in the season and that begins this week with a game against Ross County. So it is all still to play for in the SBFL. But as we journey through the next couple of games, I'm going to be joined by guys from Celtic Podcasts from throughout the world. On this week's podcast, we're going to be joined by Tino from the Celtic Exchange podcast. If you want to get that, it is available at theCelticExchange.com. Those guys have some really good stuff, really good opinions. And if you haven't listened to their podcast yet, it is well worth a visit as well. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be joined by the likes of Hamish from 67 Hail Hail, Ryan 118 from the Celtic The Thunder and the guys from GigPod will join us as well. So it's going to be a really exciting couple of weeks as we journey through the next couple of games but also Celtic season as a whole as well so if you want to get it it's all going to be available on the Breakdown Inc YouTube channel which you can subscribe to at youtube.com forward slash Breakdown Inc so this is the first game post split it is Ross County this weekend and this is my chat with Tino from the Celtic Exchange podcast enjoy Tino, thanks very much for joining me. You're welcome, Enda. Good to be here. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a weird season. It's been a long season. I mean, yeah. compared to last year. Now, last year felt longer, I feel like, just because it was almost begging for it to end. This year has been a roller coaster. That I think that's what everyone told us it was going to be like with Ange Postacoglu. But to be sitting here post-split, heading into this last six fixtures of the season, on the way to a title, I don't think you would have you know, batted your eyelids at that at the start of the season. I don't think many people expected Celtic to be six points clear at this point in the season. So your yeah. general thoughts on the last couple of weeks and even the last season as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we've spoken on our show and, you know, we talked pre-season or when Ange arrived about the fact that we thought that even just competing, you know, challenging at some stage in this season, you know, keeping it going after Christmas and, and giving us something to play for coming into, you know, April and May time would have been a huge plus a huge, you know, uplift on what we've done last year. We've gone way ahead of that. As you quoted, we're six points clear, five games to go uh, post-split. Um, and I think it's just such a pleasant surprise. If I've been really honest, none of us had a clue about Ange, who he was, what he'd done. And, 
you know, were quick enough to jump on Wikipedia and check his stats. But until he arrived and started to make his moves, you just didn't know what to expect. Um, you then go into that first league game of the season, 2-1 against Hearts. You then lose at Livy, you lose at Ibrox, and you're thinking this is going to be a long old road. But very quickly, you know, something started to click. Um, it's clear the players were getting on board with the message early. And we've seen a very, very quick uplift. And obviously up until the weekend there, you're in a 33-game unbeaten domestic streak. So a real pleasant surprise of a season. But now now we are where we are. Uh, you know, the, the targets have changed. And it's absolutely our league to go and, you know, take care of and, and get over the line on in the next few weeks. Mm, that That's a very interesting point you've made there about the targets changing. Because I remember at the start of the season, I said, if Celtic won the double off the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, but didn't win the league, yeah. like is that a success for this season? Potentially it might be. Mm-hmm. But as you move forward under Ryan's, the mood has changed so much around Celtic and yeah. the fans and our expectations of what we expect from this pretty much brand new team. It's very funny how quickly it changes and how our perceptions of what we expect from these players have changed. Because yeah. if you look at the weekend, for example, the reaction after that, where we've come to expect such good performances, it was such a disappointment. But if you actually look at it as a as a bigger picture thing, nobody expected to be there in the first place. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, as football fans, you know, we can all get bogged down in the, the kind of the myopic nature of, you know, a cup semi-final. And there's no getting away from the fact that Sunday was, you know, a real sore one. It was, it was tough to take. And, you know, I was at the game and a few of the guys from our show were there as well. And it's hard to deal with, but when you take a step back, you know, it's a wee bit less painful on Monday, less so Tuesday. I'm over it now, you know, Wednesday as we record. And you do, you look at that bigger picture and say, well, if somebody told you start of the season, League Cup in the bag, six points clear, five games to go to to reclaim the league title, you would accept losing a Scottish Cup semi-final all day long. So, yeah, it's where we find ourselves. And painful as the weekend was, I'm more than happy to be here. So... You were there. How was Bobby Madden in the flesh? As horrendous as I'm sure he must have been on the telly. Um, we recorded our show on a Monday. So Monday night, myself, James and Paddy from our show uh, covered Bobby Madden's display in some detail. And very generally, we're not a podcast that, you know, labours on referees and conspiracy theories and, and paranoia. Um, I was laughing because I joked with my dad before the game. I was there with James, uh, who's my brother and my dad. And my dad was saying that Madden was his only concern about Sunday. And I was saying, listen, don't worry about it. He's a bad ref, but he's not a cheat. He shouldn't be an issue. And I couldn't have been more wrong. I've watched your own reaction to the show. And whilst I don't think Madden directly impacted the game, you know, he didn't chop a Celtic goal off. He didn't red card any of our players or or any of those things. But his micromanagement of the game, the the small things that he done to break up play, the non-booking of John Lindstrom blows my mind. Um, Aribo and Bassi, you know, the the hard work they had to do to get a yellow card. You know, he didn't directly impact the game, but he played a huge part in not allowing Celtic to play their football. You made the point, I think, that it's not Rangers players' fault. They are setting out to do a job, and if, if Van Bronckhurst tells them to be aggressive and maybe leave a marker, you know, on one of their players... That's that's them following instruction. It's then the referee's job to go and deal with that. And I just think Bobby Madden let so many things go. I have heard a rumour that Madden's retiring at the end of the season or, or moving on to pastures new or, or whatever it might be. 
and that this may well have been his last Celtic Rangers game. And if so, how he acted maybe makes a lot more sense for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I always stand by the point of that you should always play as good as you can to avoid those refereeing decisions having an impact on the game. You know what I mean? If if you play good enough to win the game, you probably will win the game unless there's a crazy penalty or something like that. I don't think the referees have that much of an impact on on proceedings. Mm-hmm. But Celtic, the reality is Celtic just didn't play well enough. And because of that, the way that Rangers were allowed to play by Bobby Madden did have an impact because Celtic just weren't good enough to to break down or, or come up with something new. Yeah. They just recently enough over the last 24 hours or so VAR was voted through mm-hmm. and seems to be coming through midway through the next season because of the World Cup, because of uh, how things are falling with Qatar. Now, I am a strong advocate against VAR. I, wow. I've seen what happened. I was, I was strongly for it um, now before it came into the Premier League, but since I've seen it in the Premier League, I've just seen bad decisions still being made by referees who are getting to watch it over and over again and still coming to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. And the impact that it has on fans in the stadium and the viewer just watching what it, what it does to the game, the highs of a 90th minute winner, you don't know whether you can celebrate it anymore. Yeah. What's your general thoughts on VAR coming into Scotland? Do you know, I've definitely got mixed thoughts on it. I think VR, like any technology, it's only as good as those who are implementing that technology. And if some of the refereeing in this country is anything to go by, that's not going to be a good thing. I think at the end of the day, like a refereeing decision on the park, it's going to be down to some individual's interpretation of, of what's going on there. So whilst you might have three guys in a, a VAR studio or a, or a VAR room or, or however it'll work, you've still got three guys who can potentially get it wrong. And sometimes we'll sit on our show, you know, three of us on our show, I know there's three guys on your show, and we'll sit and disagree on decisions after the weekend. So I just don't know how it plays out. Um, my general feeling just now is that Scotland should make more of a point of first and foremost getting referees full-time. I think as much as, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Bobby Madden after the weekend, He's not the only one who continues to make seriously poor decisions every week. And actually, to an extent, you kind of can't blame them because they're part-time referees. They're they're amateur in status. They'll get paid decent fees per game, but they've got a Monday to Friday job as well. You know, they're not allowed to focus their time to this profession. And I do feel that if we made the effort to first and foremost, at least make the the Premier League referees, you know, full-time, then that would instantly see an upturn in their performance. And I think that would be more a priority for me ahead of VAR. But as you say, VAR's been voted in. It will come in at the strange time of midway through a season. And I, I think it could be bedlam. I think in Scotland that it could go really kind of haywire. So we'll need to see how it all plays out. Yeah, we've we've certainly seen a sort of a, a betting in period for sure in the Premier League. I think it's gotten a little bit better, but the first three months were chaos in the Premier League yeah. so you can only imagine what they're going to be like in the SPFL mm. so without labouring the point on, on VAR and referees we will get into the, the point of the show and that is to sort of maybe take a look back at the season first of all yeah. and the, the the memories of this season and then look ahead to you're going to do the Ross County game for us so the what we're going to do on the show is basically going to have a guest on and we're going to look at look back at our season pick our player of the year yeah. pick our favorite memory for the year and then look ahead to the game that's coming up so ross county this weekend we'll get into that a little bit later on but okay. we'll, we'll we'll start with Ange Postacoglu mm-hmm. and how big of an impact he's had at the club it's been said a lot it's almost to the point now where it is it's almost peaking to the point where you people are saying how big of an impact it's he's had on the club but 
talk us through your season in terms of preseason, him coming in, your general thoughts when you started to turn and maybe think that there might be something special happening here. Yeah, I mean, you, you say started to turn. So without without knowing much or anything about Ange, you know, as soon as he was announced, I was fully supportive of him. And generally speaking, that would just be my take on whoever's managing Celtic Football Club. You give the guy your full backing until it's clearly on its course. And, and you know, I think Ange has expressed that himself. He's basically said that from day one, the vast, vast majority of folk got on board and, and were very supportive. There's still a couple of guys who are you know, digging digging deep and saying, you know, Ange isn't the man. And that's fine. You know, it's opinion stuff and, and people are entitled to that. But by and large, people see what Ange is trying to do. And I think just the whole, there's so many things he's done so well. First and foremost, I think recruitment is the absolute biggest thing that he's done because ultimately you can have a style of play and, and an intention of playing in a certain way. But if you don't have the guys to do it, then it just doesn't work. I think Sean Maloney's just come a cropper of that. Sean Maloney wanted to play in a certain way. You can't do it if you don't have the players. And I think he's, you know, he's come a cropper as a result. Ange clearly identified the players he needed in certain key positions. And we can run through them all. You know, there's there's so many guys who have been so pivotal, you know, from the goalie first and foremost, through Carter Vickers, who's been an ever-present, and Starfelt alongside him. Callum McGregor's found new levels. So as much as he wasn't a new signing, He's certainly stepped up into this captain's role. And then if we're you know, keeping going with this spine of the team, right up to Kyogo, who's been the talisman, you know, certainly for the first part of the season. So there's so many guys that have come in. I think it's 15 guys over two transfer windows. And by and large, there's one or two who haven't quite worked out. You would bring James McCarthy into that. You'd bring Liam Scales into that. The two lads from Sheffield Wednesday, Uragide and Liam Shaw. You would argue they're not Ange signings, but they haven't, you know, they've obviously gone out on loan. But that aside, there's maybe 11 players aside from them who have all had a serious impact on the season. And I think that's so impressive. Beyond that, you know, there's one thing signing players. The other thing is bringing them into your system and introducing them to your, you know, your dressing room and, and making sure they gel with the other players. I think, again, Callum McGregor's had a huge part to play in doing that. But I think the fact that Ange has A, signed the players and then B, got them for the most part to hit the ground running, that's been so, so impressive. The other key facet, I would say, is how he's handled the press here in Scotland. Um, you've seen many a, a Celtic and Rangers manager fall foul, basically because they're just, you know, maybe just not strong enough as a character. You've seen from his first few interviews that that wasn't going to be the case with Ange. And I think, you know, he bats away the questions which, you know, should be batted away, but he'll also deal with the hard ones. You know, he's he's not, he won't shy away from a question. And I think, it's almost to a point where he becomes more and more impressive every time he speaks. So there's a lot a lot to unpack when it comes to Ange and what he's done, but all in all, just so impressive as a character. Yeah, the character aspect is a very interesting one because I think that's what I've been most impressed with. As good as his tactics has been, as good as the team has been, his personality is something that really had blown me away because he's such a strong personality yeah. without being an alpha male dominating sort of personality. He's strong enough to the press. The, his his handling of the press has been a ballsy one, I would say, because, you know, we all know what the Scottish press is like at the best of times. If you go up against them, you're definitely making a rod for your own back if things don't yeah. go well. But I guess he had the belief in his own ability and the belief in what he was doing that he knew that, you know, they're probably going to criticize him regardless. So he may as well, you know, bat away the stupid questions. Because I think the point was made on a, an interview with, 
uh, Hamish on 67 Hill. He interviewed the autobiographer of yeah. Angie's book. Uh, I can't remember on. his name. Yeah. Uh, and he said that, you know, Ange will give you a good answer if you give him a good question. And I think that yeah. has been the case. He's not ignorant towards the press. If you don't give him a stupid question, he won't give you a stupid answer. I, I think so. I think there's a couple of journalists who have been caught in his kind of crosshairs, early bells, and he's given them short shrift. You know, I, I think I think like anybody, you get asked a silly question, you should get replied to with a silly answer. And he he puts those ones to bed very early, but he will also be very respectful of you know, as I say, tough, challenging and important questions. It was asked the early bells, you know, you, you had a situation where there was some racial abuse towards Kyogo. You know, we've seen it, um, you know, different video footage doing the rounds. And he was asked about, you know, the, the, the question of racism and Scottish football in the bigger picture. And that's a delicate question. You know, you've got to be very careful how you answer that. But he answered that like he's answered every question in the right way. And it, it, it just goes back to the human element of it. You know, this isn't a football thing. This is a societal thing. And, you know, people behaving in such a way really need to take a you know a good look at themselves and, and and how they're behaving, and he just dealt with that in a a very humane way as he does with you know with everything. And I think a big part of why he resonates so well with the Celtic support is the whole you know immigrant background um, that he himself has. So you know, as a young man or as a young family moving from Greece to Australia to set up a new life, and that's essentially what so many people. Uh, in Celtic's early days, you know, Celtic were obviously founded by, um, you know, Brother Walford, you know, coming from your part of the world, the end of Ireland. And there's so many Irish immigrants who have made their way and made their life here in Scotland, my own family being being one of them. So that, you know, that similarity that he has in terms of finding a new life in a new country and how he speaks about it and how, you know, dignified he is about things like that, it's so important. And, you know, at times... Celtic's about so much more than football and Ange gets that and I think that's why you know so many fans are on board with him. Mm. I think it's brilliant how both of us and many other Celtic fans will say they didn't know anything about this guy when he was first announced and now we know his entire background, yeah. his life, his coaching career, everything about him. We pretty much know that he's allowed it to be out there anyway. But yeah. uh, you mentioned a couple of transfers. Who do you think is the top transfer of the, the season in terms of impact the quality they brought to the 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 position that they're in the yep. uh, the upgrade that they, they've made uh, there's a good few players that you could put into this but if you were to if you were to put on the spot with one yeah I think there's at least half a dozen you could put in easily and I talked about that spine of the team and the importance of a strong goalkeeper a strong centre half um, but for me it's Kyogo um, despite the fact they missed you know three months or so through injury I think um Again, we've spoken on our show about the fact that, yes, so many guys have played their part, but were it not for Kyogo's goals, I think he gets 16 goals before getting injured. If it weren't for his goals, we wouldn't have been where we are. You know, he played such a key part in, uh, you know, kind of dragging us through that first half of the season. Least of all, winning us the, the League Cup final with two brilliant goals as well uh, after we went 1-0 down. So I think overall, you know, what he's brought in terms of goals, energy, his humility, you know, how he is as a guy as well. And I think he's just played such an important part, you know, in this team. And I think for Celtic as well, we've always had a, a talisman, you know, in some way, shape or form. It's, you know, it's, it's what you look forward to as a fan and whether that's a guy like Edward or Dembele or, or Maravchuk or Larson or whoever. And I think right now it's Kyogo. So for me, he's definitely the, the star man. Yeah, you almost forget how good he is because he's been out, been out for so long because so much has happened. 
yeah. that it's almost there's two parts of the season. It's you know the the points where where we had Kyogo, the points where we didn't, and I guess in terms of the 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 talismanic element of it. It, he is definitely one of the leaders within the side, but I think it's a different sort of leadership to what we would have seen with like the Lars, like Larson, for example, because even though Larson was probably, he was the best of a very, very good group of players. Yeah. He stood out and he was the main man and everyone sort of knew about him. Whereas I think Kyogo is still fairly under the radar outside of Scotland. I don't think many people would have seen what he's doing or, mm-hmm. or even paid much attention to it, but I think this is a guy that is like a almost a generational talent in terms of what Celtic are going to get. Yeah, and I think we're also getting him, you know, getting into his peak years. So I think he got a four-year deal. I think he's around about 26 years of age. So we've already seen some brilliance from him. He struggled on Sunday. There's no doubt he's still short of match fitness. That will remain to be seen. We'll, we'll maybe cover it shortly about what part he'll play against Ross County. But there's no doubt when he's at his best and, you know, fully fit and firing, he's a phenomenal talent. And... I think it's so exciting for Celtic and Ange specifically to have unearthed such a talent. I think as well, it's important to note that the board are clearly backing Ange because he's gone to Japan to sign Kyogo for, I think, 4.6 million, something like that. So it's not not insignificant as an outlay. And then not long after, he's then gone and picked up Maeda, Adaguchi and Hatate, And the board have fully trusted him to do so. So this isn't somebody that the scouting department have identified and spent, you know, six months or 12 months looking at. And she said, I want these guys and I need you to back me. And I think it's clear that the board are backing them. And that could be exciting getting into the summer because if his track record so far of signing guys for Celtic is impressive, then give him another window in summer and we could really see some exciting talents. Mm, big time. It'll be, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see what happens next season. If this yeah. is Ange 1.0, with the very beginning of the rebuild, I'm very excited to see what the next steps are in terms of who bringing in. Because, yeah. I mean, at the start of the season, you were looking at the team and you were thinking, God, we need maybe three more midfielders, another striker. And now we're debating who is going to be in the starting lineup because our backups, I know there's a couple of weaknesses, obviously, at fullback. We saw yeah. the drop in talent compared to our first team. But in terms of the Matt O'Reilly versus Tom Rogic debate or yeah. Jota versus Abada debate or whoever, who's playing up front or who's playing as the striker, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, we do have strength and depth and this is just his first two transfer windows. So the next two, yeah. it'll be very interesting to see where he brings us. In terms of those transfer windows, where do you think Celtic need to improve on I think as you touched on yourself and I think we're light in the fullback areas I think I think Greg Taylor stepped up and listen all credit to him because if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today that's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC do not 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everybody to a man was saying we, we must improve at left back. I think Taylor's really, you know, increased his levels, you know, in the last few weeks alone. And he's shown that he could and should potentially be our left back. There is a bigger question if we're looking to progress in Europe, if he's good enough for that step up. And that remains to be seen because he was poor against Bodo Glimt. And I think a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon at that time to say, you know, he's just not good enough. I'm not sure. He's still a young man. And I think Ange has proven that guys can and will improve under him. Tony Ralston's your best example of that. Um, even McGregor's picked up his levels. Tom Rogic has rediscovered some form. So even existing guys who we know all about, have gone up a notch under Ange. Um, but I would say in the fullback areas, because, yep, there's no doubt that, amongst other factors, when we lost Juranovic first and then Taylor on Sunday, I don't want to quite say it changed the game, but I think it had a significant impact on the the remainder of, of the, the tie at that point. So had we more in reserve, then we might have got away with that. Liam Scales is a funny one because... I don't think he's featured since the Bodo game as well. I think he maybe played the first one and he's not featured since. And that's interesting because he was around the fringes of the squad and now it seems that potentially Ange has decided that he's not suitable. So that'll be interesting in terms of whether he's in the market and finds maybe a first-choice left-back, if not, somebody to back up Taylor. Yeah, because it, Taylor's such a sensitive topic for a lot of Celtic fans because, again, you do have such you know, veracity in the the argument that if you say that you don't think Greg Taylor's good enough for Europe, people 
almost acts as if you're shooting Greg Taylor in the heart. Whereas, I mean, I don't think any of us want to do that or any, any of us want to, you know, criticize Greg Taylor beyond what is fair and balanced criticism or just even just wanting the best for Celtic. I'd be on the boat that, you know, I think Greg Taylor's an absolutely fine left back and he does good jobs and he has improved, definitely has improved uh, since last season. And he's perfectly fine against teams like Ross County, Hearts, even Rangers to a certain extent. But I, I do think we need that step up. It's like if you look at Ralston versus Juranovic, you mm. know, Juranovic isn't that far ahead of Ralston, but that tiny bit is what you would say you would favor him over Ralston at right back for a European game. It's just little yeah. small margins uh, that you're looking to improve on. Of course, as in, I think I think you're spot on with what you're saying. I think everyone's been delighted with Ralston, but I also think that when push comes to shove and you know, a game as important as the weekend there, for example, when Ange decides to start Juranovic over Ralston, it's the right call. You know, he's he's mm. the Croatian international right back. He's a quality, experienced player. Tony Ralston has, you know, impressed so many of us, and, he, and he's still got a way to go. He'll continue to improve. But I think when push comes to shove, Juranovic is at that level where Ralston hasn't quite reached. He may reach it at some point, and Taylor also hasn't reached it. You know, if we're being if we're being frank about it, so those lads I've mentioned have done well. But I think if we want to be top level, and if we want to look beyond. You know, Scottish football and Ange's, you know, talked repetitively about the importance of, of benchmarking yourself against the best of the best in Europe. He wants to see us, you know, do well in these big competitions and he won't rest up on guys that are good enough for Scotland, but not good enough to, to take it to the next level. So I'm sure we'll see upgrades in those positions and potentially elsewhere. I, I still think we might be a striker light um, and maybe a winger. There's the burning question about James Forrest and, and where he's at in his career at this moment in time. I've got huge admiration and respect for what James has done for Celtic to date, but he's struggling. There's no other way to put it. And Sunday, he he definitely struggled. He's been unlucky with injury. He's come in and out the side. He missed the last couple of weeks and then come back in for Sunday. And as a 30-year-old winger, those injuries can catch up on you. So, listen, I'd love nothing more than James to, to rediscover his form in the way that Tom Rogic has, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he will. And at that point, you might need another winger to provide competition as well. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's listened to the huddle breakdown with us knows that I'm not a stats man. I'm very much the the odd one out in the in the podcast. But <laughs> yeah. the guys, highlight, Alan Morrison highlighted this at the start of the season that if you look at world football as a whole over the last 10, 15 years, wingers are good, are good, are good, and then just fall off a cliff in terms of what they can do. And James Forrest, unfortunately, looks like He's um he's going towards that, or he's might even be just over his peak or of where he can get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess before we move on to the Ross County game, there's been loads of big moments. Anthony Ralston has had a couple of them of them yeah. himself this season. Is there one that stands out to you if Celtic go on to win this title that you know you think that's the that's my favorite moment of the season? Yeah, yeah, I was having a think about it before coming on. That there's there's a number of them, as you say. Um, there's a big one against Rangers in February. You know, the three 0 in the the full Celtic Park. You know, full of Celtic fans. That was a big one. Uh, the League Cup final I've mentioned with Kyogo. Um, the Kyogo goal against uh, Ferencváros at home after the the Jota pass. Just a brilliant moment. Um, but for me, the the, the big big moment was a bad as late winner against Dundee United. 90th minute, nothing each. Looked like we'd blown it. Um, I think if I'm right, that we had the chance to go top if we got the win. 
Um, Rangers had dropped points at Ross County that weekend, I think. I'll let you check that. I think they drew three for Ross County. And it was just such a moment. Uh, the energy that, that buzzed around the stadium when he scored. You've seen the famous image of, you know, Jota and the crowd, you know, King of yeah. Glasgow and all that kind of stuff. I was there with, you know, James I've mentioned and my dad and it was just a brilliant moment. And it was kind of a moment where you thought, this could be our year. You know, it was just, it, it, it felt like more than just a goal. It was There was a bigger picture there and the belief that it gave the players and the belief that it definitely gave the support that this might be something special. So for me, that to date is the, the most important moment of this season. I'm not going to reveal mine just yet, but you're, okay. you're very close to it because that, the Jota celebration in the fans, uh-huh. it was one of the, there was one of a couple of moments this season that I've felt a little bit emotional when yeah. I was watching it happen, just weirdly emotional for some weird, strange reason, but that was mm-hmm. definitely one of them. So it's one of the highlights for me, for sure. Yeah. So there are games to come before the, we clinch the title. The title yeah. is not clinched just yet. It's very yeah. much in our own hands. Six points clear with five games to go. Mm-hmm. Ross County is the first one up. Interesting enough, now this was from Stevie on the uh, on GigPod who tweeted yeah. this earlier that Ross County since Celtics win uh, away late, late last minute winner. I think Anthony Ralston might have got that winner as well. Yeah. Um, since that, Ross County have not lost a game away uh, at home. So That's that right. was back in December. Uh, they are very much a side that are in, in decent enough form, much better form than they were in when we last played them. But they're one of the weird teams that in the post-split situation don't really have much to play play for. So it's an odd sort of fixture to start off this with. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I think they've got Europe to play for. I think they're in this kind of mini kind of thing with Motherwell and Dundee United. The fourth place uh, position does get a chance at Europe. So Hearts have got third place sewn up. And I think it's between Ross County, Motherwell and Dundee United for who gets that fourth spot. There's only a point that separates the three teams there. So they'll be motivated, all right. Um, you're absolutely spot on with what you say. And the seven home league games since uh, Tony Ralston beat them with his 96-minute header. They've, I think they've won three and drawn four, including that three each draw with Rangers. So they'll be confident at home. Um, I think the huge bonus for them was a couple of weeks ago in terms of securing top six. And listen, good for them. They've got a, a limited budget, one of the lowest budgets in the league. And they may, to an extent, feel their season's work is already done. You know, finishing anywhere in the top six is a huge bonus. But I think when it comes to it, you know, come Sunday, I think it's a 2.30 kickoff, they'll be fired up for it. You know, Malky McKay has maybe surprised quite a lot of folk, particularly with how they started the season. But they're in good shape just now. They're playing good football. They've got one of the league's top scorers. And is it Charles Regan Cook is the striker? You know, he's a good player and he could be a threat to anybody at any time. We know they can be physical. Carl Starfelt will tell you that after getting his nose burst last time out. So it'll be a tough game and Celtic are on the back of a you know a poor result and their first poor result in a long time domestically. And that could go one or two ways. Celtic could go up there really fired up, really motivated to to prove that Sunday was just a blip. Or they could go up there a wee bit nervous, you know, a wee bit apprehensive. I think it'll be the former. I think we Ange... Mm leading the way and, and the messages he'll be giving the players this week and, and right up until Sunday. I think they'll absolutely be on it on Sunday and I'm quietly confident we'll go and get a really solid result. Yeah, I was over at the last Ross County game in Celtic Park where there was yep. an early red card and Celtic really went on to to dominate the game. Jack Amakis got a hat-trick that day mm-hmm. and it wasn't 
really a contest after the red card. Celtic were very, very much in control of that game. As long as there's not a red card in this game early on like that, I don't think it'll be as easy. I think it'll be be a little bit more difficult, especially with Ross County at home. They might be a little bit more tight and even just look for a draw, even if not getting a win, they might try shut up shop. Without Giacomacus, if he's not going to be there, let's just pretend he's not. He may, may or may not be here depending on how the training went over the last week or so. It didn't mm. seem like a major in, uh, injury, but yeah. like Kyogo at the weekend, he might not just be 100% there. So in terms of the Celtic starting lineup, do you think Kyogo's going to come back into the starting lineup as the, the forward, or how do you think Celtic are going to change things from the, the loss? Yeah, um, I think he has to start. I think, um, I think he should have started on Sunday, if I'm being honest. I think we should always have a number nine on the park. And I think, I think Maeda's not that guy. Maeda's so effective for Celtic, but so effective when he comes in off the left-hand side. I'd have much rather seen him up against Tavernier on the weekend and Jota up against Bassey. But we changed the system and that's fine. And Ange obviously had his reasons for doing so. I think you start with a number nine and I think that's what he'll do. Despite the fact that Kyogo's definitely not at his best, he'll have another week's training under his belt. And I think he should very much start as the, the main striker for us up top. Uh, at Ross County yeah Jack and Marcus it remains to be seen if he'll be fit the suggestions are that he may be but again he would likely start on the bench if he you know makes the squad at all so he'll go up top all day long for me you've then got the question about who's behind them in the midfield supplying the, the firepower and that's maybe a, a tougher question to answer yeah so are you are you Matt O'Reilly or Tom Rogic man very fond of them both, I have to say. You know, they're the kind of guys that you, you watch football for. They're very enjoyable to watch. Um, I, I know Tom Rodgers was was off the boil on Sunday, not at his best. But if you've been manhandled every time you get the ball and the ref continues to allow that, it's very hard to play your game. His game is played on the half turn and he couldn't get that turn without getting wrestled to the ground and then getting fouls given against him for, for that you know same type of incident. That was insane. So I wouldn't be against Tom Rodgers starting. I think he's I think he's been so important this season. He's played you know some real you know he said some real big moments, particularly around about December time and into January. He you know he was pivotal. Um, so I'd be happy enough with Tom Rodgers back in the starting lineup. I thought O'Reilly came on and made an initial, initial impact on Sunday, and then maybe faded out. I don't know if he took a knock or whatever. I think the burning question beyond that, though, is is whether Rio Hatate starts because you may have seen the quotes today doing the rounds. Yeah, very um, interesting stuff, yeah. So Dan um, Orlovitz, who I think is Jap- the Japan Times, um, he's been quoting you know different things that Rio's been saying to the press back home. And amongst other things, I think he said he's fatigued emotionally and physically. You know, and a lot of that can be taken out of context and, you know, it depends how you... Um, how good your Japanese is, but basically it sounds like he is tired and it's no surprise. You know, he's, he's rerouted his life to halfway around the world. He's traveled back and forth for international stuff. He's already played a full season. And I think anybody watched him can see that the boy's tired. He's 24 years of age. And I think he needs a break. I was surprised again that Ange didn't take him out sooner at the weekend. I thought after 70 minutes, it was time to change it. Um, And he played a lot longer than he maybe should have. I think he's the main one that's due arrest at the weekend. Everyone's banging the drum for near beat on. I'm a bit mixed on near beat on. You know, so many people, you mentioned Stevie from Gigpod. I know Stevie's a big fan and, and wants to see him play. Um, I'm not convinced. I don't know if Beaton's one of those guys who the longer he spends out the team, the better player he becomes in some people's minds. Although he has done well at times this season. 
But there is a suggestion that maybe he comes in. Maybe Gucci comes in. You know, Edaguchi has been signed for a reason. Should he maybe come in and play that anchor role and allow McGregor to play further forward either with a Rodic or a, an O'Reilly? So that might be the move. But it's a tough one and it'll be interesting to see what Ange goes for. Yeah, the Hatate one, I think anybody who watched him over the last couple of weeks can see somebody who is emotionally tired. He does look just completely jaded at times uh, out there. And, you know, he had such a quick start that everyone had so so much yeah. high expectations for him that maybe he's disappointed over the last couple of weeks. But I guess that's somewhat of an explainer for it. Um, David Turnbull could also come into this game. And if you look at Celtic's team before Christmas, obviously we were, we were without Maeda, we were without O'Reilly. But the team that, you know, had the good run before Christmas was McGregor, Turnbull, Rogic, and Kyogo as a number nine. So yeah. if that happens to be the team, that is a team that has won games a lot this yeah. season as well. Huge fan of David Turnbull. Uh, again, we had this debate just on our show this week. So I'd be more than happy to see him back in the starting lineup. Ange is a huge fan. I think Ange played him in something like 33 games before his injury. He chipped in with maybe nine goals during that time. I think he's he's a serious young talent and I'd, I'd be really pleased to see him back in. Some of the other boys aren't as convinced. Uh, James and Paddy on our show debated whether he's going to be good enough in the in the longer term for Celtic. And my point was, he's I think he's only 22 years of age. He missed a year of his career through injury. And first and foremost, the character he showed to get back from that injury and then you know secure the big move to Celtic says a lot for him as a guy. And I just think... There's so much more to come from David Turnbull and we've yet to see the best from him. If he's fit and fully fit and ready to go, and that'll be a call for Ange and the, the sports science guys to make, he's definitely a guy who should feature heavily in the last five games. He may not quite be there physically at the moment, I'm not sure, so they may be careful with him. But if he's deemed fit enough to start on Sunday and that they give him the nod, I'd be really pleased to see that. Mm. I think it might be an oversimplistic way of looking at it, but his long range shooting, I always feel like it gives the opposition something else to think about because yeah. especially like sides like Ross County and, and other sides, there's obviously they're going to play a little bit more defensive against Celtic. You don't blame them for doing so. Yeah. But if you've got David Turnbull there taking shots from outside the box and them going on target, challenging the keeper, that might actually pull the defense out a little bit just to close them down. And that opens up space for, for the forward lines to get in behind as well. So yeah. He's definitely, he brings something different to what we have. I think so. And I think you're right. It's always good to have that option of someone that can shoot from range. Um, because as much as you'd love to play the, you know, the, the traditional Barcelona way and tiki-taka your way into, you know, cutbacks and tap-ins from, from a few yards, it's not how football works. And it's not how it works away from home for Celtic here in Scotland. And at times you may have to resort to shooting from distance. And I think Turnbull's one of the best in the team at doing so. I think Hatate has also proven he's got a goal from range as well. But Turnbull's probably the best, uh, you know, shooter from outside the box. Callum McGregor doesn't seem to have that in his locker, generally speaking. Some of his shooting has been pretty wayward this season. And I'd like to think if, if we're struggling to break Ross County down, a guy like Turnbull, either from open play or from a set piece, is definitely a guy that's capable of getting something from outside the box. Yeah, as long as it's not Ryan Christie doing the shooting from outside of the box, I'm I'm absolutely fine with it. Yeah, that lad will find himself in the Premier League next year, and that'll be interesting for him. But yeah, his shooting went downhill at a dramatic rate, unfortunately. <laughs> so I guess as we begin to wrap this up, your prediction for this weekend: Are Celtic gonna 
continue get back to winning ways I should say continue winning ways in the league I, I'm confident that Angel have them in, in the right frame of mind and he'll have them you know fully focused and in a good shape and he'll block out all the noise because I've got to be honest with you I think some of the overreaction in Celtic cyberspace has been incredible you know these last few days and people seem to forget you know the 33 game unbeaten run and the fact that this is a whole new team we're still unbeaten in the league you know since September and I think you need to give the team huge credit and respect for that. Um, but I think Ange doesn't allow that noise to get through at the players too much. I think he keeps, you know, the focus within the dressing room. And I, I'm sure by his experience, he'll know the right things to say. He'll know the right way to prep and, you know, in these next few days coming up to Sunday. And I'm confident we'll go and get the win. In terms of a scoreline, if, if you're asking for that, um, I'd like to think first and foremost, we can close the door at the back. I think we've, you know, we've really stepped up our defensive performances this year. It will be a question mark of whether Taylor and Juranovic are fit. So that's a question. Um, but I'd like to think we can get up there and keep a clean sheet. And I would go for something along the lines of 2-0 on Sunday. Okay. And if Celtic win the league, I didn't prep you the, with this question, so it's off yeah. the cuff. If Celtic win the league, what's your celebratory drink? <laughs> I'm actually off the drink at the moment. I've taken a, a sabbatical <laughs> since the turn of the year. Uh, but uh, when push comes to shove, I like well, a it. Can, it can be Coke either. It can be <laughs> Coke either. I'll, uh, I'll have a Magnus on you uh, once we're in the league, Ender. Yeah, good stuff. Tino, uh, if people want to get your podcast, the Celtic Exchange, where can they get it? Yeah, so CelticExchange.com is our website. All the links are there. But in all the obvious places for podcasts, we're also on YouTube these days. So yeah, simply search the Celtic Exchange or the CelticExchange.com. Yeah, I'll put a, po- a link into the podcast description as well if people want to find them. Tino, absolute pleasure. Hope you enjoy the game and enjoy the rest of the season. Nice one, Ender. Thanks for that. I'll speak to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.